Hello everyone, this is John Frangella, and my podcast is all about business and manufacturing. Everything to do with advanced manufacturing, AI, machine learning, investments, crowdfunding, cybersecurity, education, entrepreneurship, finance, and uh, human resources. And the list goes on. Hope you enjoy, and looking forward to your comments. Hi everyone, again John here. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Uh, I've been uh, I've been uh, irresponsible of not putting much content and uh, in interviews on my uh, on my podcast, you know, due to, due to COVID and a lot of other crazy years that we've had. Uh, that the whole world has been in a kind of a, in a dark closet for for a few years, but we've started back and we're we're in high gear. And uh, I'm welcoming, you know, I welcome Morteza Zorabi, um, and he's one of our, you know, great uh, experts in his field. And I, you know, welcome Morteza, welcome to our to our, to our podcast. And uh, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, ask you a bunch of questions if that's okay with you. Sure, absolutely. Hey, John, thank you very much for inviting me to the show. Thank you, thank you. Um, well, let's start with, uh, you know, uh, t- t- tell me about your company or your organization. What's, what's, uh, what, how, how do you help your clients? Absolutely. Um, so at GVEX, GVEX, uh, what we do is we help our clients with operational efficiency. So to improve the productivity, mostly what many think of efficiency is, okay, so you're going to help me fire my staff. I don't want to do that. I don't have enough staff. That's not what we do. We assist our clients to figure out where the efficiencies are in regard to operation, how to improve processes, and um, how to find um, improvement opportunities within their um, operation. Um, and it could be in um, you know, the supply chain, it could be in the operation in, um, in-house, or even it could be areas that are in relation with the customer. So it's a bunch of operational efficiencies and supply chain management efficiencies um, added together, and that's what we focus on. And how did you get started? Talk me through it. Yeah, it was about 20-something years ago that I got to know more about the Japanese way of management. By the time they called it Kaizen, which was the Toyota production system. So I got involved in the methodology and I was coached with a Japanese guru, very serious guy and an amazing mentor and coach. Um, and I was seeing that, you know, he, he just walks into the operation and he finds efficiencies in different plants, in different organizations, even in service sector. And I was wondering how he can do that just by walking around and by asking questions, drawing some maps, coming up with ideas that, you know, we were working there or, you know, the, um, the uh, owners of the companies were involved in the business for many years, but he just walked in, asked a bunch of questions and provided some improvement opportunities, which many of them came to fruition. So I started learning about the whole methodology. I uh, started by um, going to his workshops, um, reading more books and attending courses. And I learned that, yeah, absolutely. This is what I want to do. Um, we need more value in the world. And later, uh, around 16 years ago, I uh, established my company, Expanding Global Value or Global Value Expanders, GVEX. 
Um, and uh, since then, I've been quite active in helping uh, manufacturers. I'm working with BDC, Business Development Bank of Canada, and through them, I'm assigned to different small and medium enterprises to help them with their operation. Also, I've been working with hospitals, even with service, um, uh, public service um, offices as well. And same concept applies there. Review the process, figure out how the processes are working and where the bottlenecks are and find efficiencies. And by removing the bottlenecks, improve the productivity of the system. And, and, and describe uh, s some of the customers that you're working with. Is, like you, uh, you're mentioning hospitals, uh, other other industries that uh, that that we might have uh, missed. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say a hospital. I was assigned to a hospital in um, in Ontario, uh, in Windsor, and uh, by the time they were, the hospital was suffering from wait time in their emergency department. So same concept applied there. I went through the emergency department, reviewed the whole processes, where the bottlenecks are, how we can remove some of the wasteful activities. So, and I'm going to walk you through what is waste from our perspective. So with a lean lens or Kaizen lens, anything which is not creating value, we call that um, a waste or in Japanese, they call it muda. By removing those, I was able to reduce the wait time in the emergency department with same number of staff, same number of doctors, same physical space by 50%. So by changing the process, they were waiting half time, the patients were waiting half time that they used to. Same story in another city uh, closer to GTA area. So 50% reduction in their wait time in, and it, to do that, we don't need six months or a year. Usually we do that in six to eight weeks. It's probably, you know, is it an intensive process to go through a, you know, depending, I guess, depending on the, the, the organization, if it's a large Absolutely. hospital, it must Absolutely. take a long time to really, you know, find those, those weak areas to, to strengthen up the, so what's like, how intensive, like how, how, what's the process? Like, is it yeah. is questions and you have to, you know, uh, you have to go through, you have to work with these people to. Yeah. So and, let me walk you through another example. Sure. So in Malaysia, I was assigned to a manufacturer still a wire um, industry uh, so the company was um, making almost 200 million dollars so a large organization in malaysia they were number one in producing um, uh, steel wire right. and um, so what i did i went through the operation and the very first day um, they were not sure that is there anything that i can do because the owner was doing the job for over 40 years and they were the top tier company in Malaysia. So what is it that Morteza can offer us? So I went through the whole process and I could see just by walking around and asking the right question, um, I could figure out that, yeah, absolutely, there are bottlenecks and waste in the process. So the second part, which is the change readiness assessment, that needs much more investigation. So you need to interview with everybody in the process to make sure that the level of change readiness is there. So if there is a problem and they don't see that problem as a problem, it's very hard to solve that. But if you see the opportunity and the right owner or the right executive or the right director um, agrees that, yeah, there is a problem, but I don't know what the solution is, that's a perfect scenario for um, our engagements. Right. So in that specific one, it took us 
a couple of weeks before they admitted that, yeah, there could be some problems there. And when we were on the same page, it didn't take us much longer to come up with the solution. So I would say the hard part and the heavy lifting part is the assessment and figuring out how ready they are, as well as mapping the whole process. Um, and whenever, when all these stars aligned um, in this regard, then the solution is usually the easiest part. So, okay, so you, 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 find, you find the issue, they all agree, and now it's time to change. Yes. Change management is, is, is tough. How do you convince the, you know, the, 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 you know, the director of, of engineering or manufacturing, VP of, of manufacturing, how do, how do you say, okay, this has got to get done. This is your action item and they don't do it or they just, they're like, how do you make sure that they are able to commit to, to what they've agreed on? Absolutely. Being changed is tough. Yeah, it's painful. I know. But being part of the change, that's joyful. So what I do from day one, I have a kickoff meeting. I invite everybody in the process. I ask, okay, so let's see what is working well in the process, what is not. And then I do the assessment and the analysis. Okay, so these three steps out of 10 steps are the bottlenecks. And let me walk them through that. So we need to get on the same page. So I need to walk them through the whole process and my thinking process and get their input before I end up with a solution. Again, for the last 20 something years, the solution design is the easiest part. That's the other way around. So usually people think that if you come up with a solution which is working well, that's because you're genius or you're the expert of the expert. From my perspective, the hardest part is to figure out where the problem is and how ready they are, how um, open they are to try new ideas. So when you do the assessment, you come up with the, um, a good understanding of where the problem is and um, you sell the idea to them. So they are part of the assessment. They are part of the um, baseline assessment and they figure out, yeah, absolutely. There are problems that we never ever figured out and we didn't see that that way. For the last 30 years, 20 years, I always thought that that's the only way of doing things. But now Morteza is telling me that probably you can change that. So as soon as you have that uh, doubt in their mind, they're ready to try new things. Then we start putting together ideas, which the ideas um, uh, are not very complicated. And what I've been doing recently for the last five years is I do simulation. So um, if I'm working in one of my um, experiences in one, I was working with a patio door company. So the CEO, the um, uh, plant manager, the directors, supervisors, everybody was in the room. So I trained them with a bunch of Legos and, um, you know, stuff that I just bought them from a dollar store. We started building doors and I, and we changed their process um, in, in making these um, kind of uh, simulated doors. So, and I was questioning the way that we were, they were building the doors um, in that specific um, workshop. The great thing was at the end of the day, everybody felt that they absolutely, uh, with making the changes, we could improve the process by 80%, in, in one case by 90%. What if we apply the same concept into our operation? It's not as easy as you hope. So I needed to walk them through the whole process in their um, operation. 
So I asked him, okay, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. we are going to be here. Everybody showed up. CEO was the first person to show up. So we went through the operation. We went through the production. And um, in the same day, we changed the layout. We didn't wait for two months to start the changes. Right away, we started moving um, the station around, moving the, um, the workstations around and changing the uh, layout and also removing the bottlenecks in the process. After a couple of days of implementation, the production was showing a significant, huge improvement in regard to the production um, and the throughput. So, and, and then CEO pulled me aside and said, Morteza, how can I make sure that after you leave, things are not falling apart? And I said, right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's the big problem, right? Because when you are there, people work different. When you leave, people may start to uh, get back to their old um, habits. So we started um, and, and we put together a framework how to measure the performance and how to make sure that the changes are sustainable. We implemented the new way of doing things. We um, There is a methodology, it's called visual management. We change even the uh, training material to visual training material. And also the SOPs became visual. So uh, basically pictures, all around the uh, workstation and no matter who is going to be assigned to that specific production line is going to follow the same steps. And the great news was that they were able to double up the throughput and the production. CEO was in shock. He said, I never ever thought that this is going to be possible without changing the number of staff, without changing the technology. We've been able to, but just by tweaking the process, we've been able to increase our production by 100%. And um, later we all hit um, pandemic. And during the pandemic, I wasn't able to go to um, the plants, but they continued making the changes because now they got the secret sauce. Think different, look at the processes differently and find areas for improvement. So the long story short, um, I went for a visit a few months ago and I saw that they've made even the process better. So we not only improved the production rate by over 100% during the COVID, they increased the capacity again with some other changes in the process as well. So that's the beauty of Kaizen and Lean. So as soon as they learn, they can apply that and they uh, it becomes part of the culture. Yeah, it's like a butterfly effect. Like if you went in there, you show them and then all of a sudden their minds open and exactly. all of a sudden they start doing their own changes, They you know, learning the basic fundamentals of lean yeah. right and uh exactly. and taking and, and taking it a step further because you know they they know their business you're giving them the tools they need and of course the compound effect and the changes can probably go on and on even even when we're all long gone right so exactly exactly and, and now now is there a skill set in cost accounting do you do you leverage cost accounting when you're analyzing because uh, cost accounting uh, in manufacturing in, in general um, is I think it's underserved. I, I think people are not really understanding the the value of measuring, you know, you know, time from walking like you know. There was there yep. was one example. There was there was one individual that was working at, at the Amazon warehouse. The place is so big that they had to go. They had to go for lunch. It took him 15, 20 minutes just to get get to the lunchroom. And then he only had 10 minutes to eat. <laughs> he was telling yeah, me, right? Work, yeah. So, I mean, these things, like, you know, they're, they're not thinking about, like, like I have a half an hour, but I can't walk 15 minutes there and 15 mm -hmm. minutes back. Well, I'm going to have, what, one minute to eat lunch? So 
that's time, you know, of, of, of a person walking from distance. And I'm sure there's a, but what's the cost of, you know, there's a whole cost exactly. thing. Do, do, do you offer that service if somebody needs? Yeah, uh, exactly. That's the baseline assessment. So okay. we do time study and work study to figure out how much time it takes to do step one, step two, step three. Right. And usually what we find out is it's not just the steps. Also, it's the wait in between. So we're spending time on the inventory, on the real estate, on the physical space. We don't usually capture those in our assessment, which we have to. Because as a business owner, you're spending money on the real estate. You're spending money on the machinery, on your inventory, but you're not making money if material right, uh, is right. not being processed and pushed to the next step. So we do the calculation absolutely and uh, make sure that, um, you know, um, there is a way to streamline the process and balance the process. So I would say balancing the process is probably one of the most commonly um, under uh, seen um, problems in manufacturers. I've been working in different manufacturing department and I've seen that most of the uh, manufacturers they have great resources in step three and five and eight, but in between, um, they don't have the right capacity. So by tweaking the process and by creating more capacity, you can expedite the production exponentially. So these are the things which um, absolutely out of the cost accounting, time study and work study, um, we, we, we can figure out. Absolutely. Okay, great. Now, um, if you had the, the perfect customer, what would that look like? A perfect customer is somebody that knows that they're in trouble or they're looking for uh, increasing their production, um, but they don't have staff or they don't have extra resources to invest in their uh, plant. Okay, so how can we get more out of our production line, out of our plant um, without extra capital investment? Mm -hmm. So in those areas, we can absolutely increase the productivity of the current resources and help them to produce more with whatever they have. In some cases, not recently, but prior to COVID, some companies, um, for some reason, they lost some of their staff um, or they needed to downsize, but at the same time, they needed to be more productive to stay uh, competitive and being competitive in regard to price. So in those cases, we can assist as well. But a perfect customer for us is somebody that is in growth mode or in trouble mode and needs um, improvement in productivity. And they're open to try new ideas. If things don't work, we won't, um, we won't push for the changes. So uh, they're going to keep the control over all the solutions. So it's not a prescription um, approach. Somebody walks into my company and tells me what to do? Absolutely not. It's going to be a collaborative approach to figure out what's the best solution for this specific company. Even in one case, I was challenged by the owner that, do you guarantee results? <laughs> yeah, yeah. From my perspective, absolutely. That's what I used to do for eight years with you know lots of customers. And I said, absolutely, I would love to guarantee that. Um, but uh, before guaranteeing that, I need to make sure that you're involved and you're not just going to, um, you know, throw ideas and not be involved. So he was the right customer. We guaranteed the result and we over-delivered. So good for the customer, good for us. We get we got a great project as well as a great reference. 
and they got even better results than what they expected. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I remember I remember hearing of this individual when I was in the food business. Um, this gentleman would come to a factory or a company and say, listen, uh, I can shave off uh, 15% of your wastage. So if I, if mm. I, if I, uh, if I if I can save you a million dollars at fifteen percent, this was one. This was like this is back in nineteen ninety one. I don't know where the yeah, person went. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but it was interesting how confident this person was to say, yeah. you know, I'll take fifteen percent of you know uh, of a million dollars of waste, and I can show you, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll take the fifteen percent of that value. So you save you save you know you save a million dollars, but I'll take that. It was quite interesting. I don't know if that worked or not, but this is something that I've I remember hearing about this like they never proceeded with the guy or the gentleman or the consultant but it was quite interesting that someone's offered that kind of service yeah absolutely (laughs) from my perspective john if you're not offering the value if you're not proving the value and just you expect people to trust you without having a skin in the game it's being overconfident as a consultant you're part of the business which you don't have any capital over but you have interest so if you cannot guarantee you shouldn't be involved. That's my philosophy at GVEX. If we are not able to deliver, now we will excuse ourselves, which hasn't happened. So hospital, even government and manufacturing. So if you're part of the productivity improvement and we're not delivering, we won't charge. Right, right. No, that, that's, a, that's a very, it just shows the, the confidence level and in, in, in the ability to, to improve things. We're all, you know, we all have different solutions to improve how things yeah. are made. Um, and then some people f- fall into the into the trap of like what they only know. They don't know exactly. there's, there's always a better way of doing something. So they go back to, you know, what's the cost? Well, what's the cost yeah. of not doing this? That's, exactly. that's the real question. And, yeah. and uh, you know, usually I go back with that question and, and then they get stumped because <laughs> they don't Exactly. Really. <laughs> that's exactly. So what technologies present present or future are impacting the way you run your life and your business? So I, I'm a big, you know, productivity guy. I like to try to shrink 10 minutes here and there, finding better tools to, to, you know, to help me, uh, you know, finish my day so I can go home and have some dinner. What's the, uh, what are some of the tools you use to, um, to, to help improve your, you know, your life in general as a person, as a manager uh, in your day-to-day activity? Yeah. So in our company, we try to keep it lean. So if we need something, we're going to use it. We, we don't want to be, um, you know, overcomplicating the simple processes. However, um, we have to use the most recent and updated technology. So within our company, we use AI to understand, you know, where what the trends are, as well as to figure out where, what the patterns are. So, um, and also we get quite exposure to augmented reality, uh, virtual reality. So can you help us with this company in a remote area to improve their productivity? So these are the new uh, technologies that are making our jobs even more complicated, but from my perspective, in a very good way. So these are the good challenges that um, the consulting business uh, industry is facing. And we have taken advantage of that challenge. So we have pushed ourselves to learn more about AI, AR, VR, and more emerging and uh, the, the the recent um, emerging technologies, to adopt them as much as needed. So again, we don't want to adopt the technology for the sake of just adopting a new technology. 
But what we've learned is with using these new technologies, we've been able to deliver results in even remote areas and also be able to sustain results. Within manufacturing, IoT is another area which um, helps us significantly in figuring out where the stoppage and where the waste in regard to the production exists and to automate the data collection. Again, I don't want to overcomplicate it. These are options. We don't recommend them to everyone, but to the right customer, absolutely, they can benefit from that. From my perspective, if the customer is spending $1 on upgrading their technology and they're not getting their dollar back in less than three, four months, um, then the customer needs to make a fully informed decision. But if it is, the ROI is going to be two to 300%, that's not a very hard sell for the customer. So they're going to see the results um, instantly. And then, yeah, so November thirtieth, as you as you as you know, we came out with the, you know the open API, uh, open AI, artificial intelligence for just so many new things coming out. I mean, that's something that would be quite interesting for a lot of uh, our you know our clients, manufacturers, or even just business process, you know, people that offer a service to have this AI. Uh, tell them, you know, and, and basically using your fundamentals, you're driving, you're the uh, conductor, but also have, you know, down the road, maybe automate some of these tasks that are people that are hard to find talents. Is that Absolutely. Some, something that you might, you know, do, do you believe that's 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 going to happen in the future? Um, I, I would say it already has started, but that's very important. Where in the process do we need automation? Because automation, again, for the sake of automation, is going to be a cost. But if automation is happening on the bottlenecks, uh, that's going to impact the productivity of the process significantly. So for the right um, step within the process, absolutely. And we're gonna, we, we already are seeing the trend toward using more automated um, ways of doing things, using AI, using robotics um, in the processes. But again, if you if we're not adopting the right technology for the right step in the production, uh, it's just going to be another cost added to the cost of goods sold. Right, right. Well, you know what, Marteza, thank you for uh, for joining me on my uh, on the uh, podcast, and I appreciate your time. Uh, you're a very busy guy, and I, again, I appreciate your, your you joining us and uh, sharing your uh, you know your your insight on. On how to make how to improve uh, companies in, in their efficiency, and lots of information to uh, to mull over and to to absorb. And of course, I will be adding uh, everyone. I'll be adding Martez's uh, information company and phone number if you like contact him. I'll have it at the bottom of the comments. Uh, but again, thank you so much, Martez, for for joining me. And uh, again, it's always a pleasure. And there might be you know uh, round two for an, another topic uh, regarding Absolutely. lean because lean's a universe in itself. It isn't. There is no yeah. end. Uh, you know, it's all Absolutely. about keeping uh, keep continuing improving Im improving the situation within your 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 workflow. So. Um, there will be a round two. Hopefully you can join me again. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, John. Thank I appreciate you. it. You take care.